The following program is a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program. Mindful of your health. Sponsored by Emergence Health Network. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our EHN Mindful of Your Health podcast podcast. I am your host, Noreen Hadamio. Now, as you know from all the episodes that we've done, EHN provides a lot of different services for our community. We have a lot of different programs to help those with mental health uh, concerns, with substance use disorders, and intellectual de uh, developmental disabilities. But today we're talking about a presence that we also have at the state level when it comes to working with our lawmakers. So we have our guests here to tell us more about that and why it's important. So we have our EHN Chief of Staff, Renee Hurtado. Hi, Renee. Hello. And then we also have Catherine uh, Longoria, Director of Policy and Governmental Affairs. So let's start off with explaining why and how EHN is involved at that state level with the legislature. Sure thing. Well, thank you for giving us the uh, the venue to do that. Really right. appreciate that. <laughs> so as the local mental health authority, Emergence Health Network is statutorily required to guide the system of care for persons who have mental health diagnosis, substance use disorder, or intellectual disabilities. Okay. Part of that charge is uh, working with to educate all of our policymakers and elected officials as to what the needs of the community really are. Okay. And as a local mental health authority, we strive to be the voice for the behavioral health community. So what we do is before every legislative session, which is every other year, uh, we host a legislative stakeholder event where we invite organizations of the behavioral health community and elected officials to kind of have these discussions as to what challenges we're facing. And from there, we develop our legislative priorities and then we introduce possible legislation to these state elected officials. Okay, we're going to talk about those priorities uh, coming up in just a bit. But first, I also wanted to talk about, like, why is this important uh, for the residents of our community that, that we actually have a voice on their behalf uh, in Austin? Well, sure, and that's really important, as you said. As, as we all know, mm -hmm. you know, El Paso is unique and different from the rest of the state in regards to our demographics, in regards to what the needs of the community really, really are. Uh, that's why we work with, with with public officials and 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 partners. We work with the city, we work with the county, we work with University Medical Center to ensure that the delegation, those representing us in Austin, you know, do have the information they need when when they're when they're voting, when they're making funding decisions, mm -hmm. and and really you know looking out for the needs of of, of family of, of families and individuals who are at risk. Right. Okay. And, and seeing as we are so far removed from Austin, they kind yeah. of don't really take us into account. Sometimes when we hear they, that El Paso is a right. stepchild, right? Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> everybody is mostly focused on like North and Central Texas. So it's really important for our legislators to be prepared in advance to the legislative session and have a united front in all kind of priorities that they might have. Now I'm going to back up a little because we mentioned that we're the local mental health authority uh, in El Paso. And with that, like you said, there comes certain things that we must do. Um, but our other, and it's part of a bigger system, right? Uh, there's several other centers in Texas. So do they all have that same um, same voice in Austin? Is that part of, of the system? Yes, so there are other, there's 38 other mental health authorities in the state working, doing the same work that we do on behalf of those we serve. And right. and, and really, again, it's, it's about, uh, it's about 
making sure that everybody in, in Texas, every citizen in Texas has access to the, the services they need regarding to behavioral health. So we, we like to hope that one of our boys, our voices are right. one of the strongest and loudest. Nice. So, uh, but we do work with, with every other center in the state, you know, folks from, from Houston, Austin, San Antonio, they're our partners and we work to improve the system statewide. Okay, and you talked about partners, so let's talk about collaboration. So how important is it to have those relationships and that collaboration with our lawmakers? Right, so it's really, really important, and thankfully we have a really good relationship with the members as well as their staff, uh -huh. which they're very, very essential in helping us get these policies through. Um, from anywhere from Senator Blanco, who's serving on the Human Health Services Commission, okay. as well as the Armed Services Commission, and the other four legislators uh, in the House who have really key leadership uh, positions in committees. Uh, we are very grateful that they've always been advocates for behavioral health, and we look forward to continuing to work with them. And they turn to us, meaning EHN, as the experts on on what um, they need to, to advocate for. Yes, we work really hard to build those relationships so they know that if a big vote is coming up and they need additional information to make a decision, they know they can pick up the phone, call us, email us, and we're there to provide the data that is very El Paso specific. Okay, and also we've made several trips to Austin, right, to to testify, is that is that the correct lingo? Uh, that we've actually uh, had been there in person to talk about why this proposed legislature is, is important, correct? Yeah, we, we've done anywhere from uh, Senate Finance Committees, Health and Human Services, Public Health, anything that might relate to behavioral health or is parallel to behavioral Okay, so can you give us some examples of uh, instances where those relationships have proved helpful and actually beneficial uh, to our community or maybe the state as a whole? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, through the work of, of, of our delegation, we have been successful in, in bringing additional monies, additional programs to El Paso. Okay. Uh, we've got some specialized programs for children uh, that, that specifically target kids and families at risk. Uh, some additional programs, some wraparound programs to help those families who are struggling with a special needs child. Some additional monies have come to El Paso. We received monies uh, during the pandemic for, hope, for folks who were who were uh, struggling from a behavioral health standpoint mm -hmm. with the pandemic, we received some funding through the office of the governor to to our additional services. We also received mm -hmm. funding uh, after the uh, the Walmart shooting, some of the aftermath. We received some additional funding to provide specialized care for for victims and anyone in the in the community who is dealing with that very traumatic event that happened in our community. So all those was a result of direct advocacy to Austin. Okay. And you guys have another, uh, I want to talk about um, transportation ordinance. What is, what is that one? Did we mention that one? Sure. So, uh, yeah, yes, um, the, oftentimes when, when folks are uh, trying to access uh, public transportation or get discounted rates, uh, those transportation experts forget there's, there's such a thing as non-visible disabilities. Okay. So they think, you know, who needs help getting, uh, getting public transportation? It's folks who have that. So we work hard to amend uh, uh, statewide policies and, 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 and help people understand that it's not just the visible disabilities that, that people need access to. It's sometimes you can't see what's going on. So we've, we've had some success on, on both local and state levels to address those non-visible disabilities and having folks access, access uh, to, 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 to discounted pricing for transportation and other services. Okay, and that you're right, as, as you mentioned, uh, otherwise they might not have that voice 
where, where we can definitely do that for them. Okay. So why do you think it's important for our community to know that, that EHN has this role in Austin? I mean, they, they're learning, obviously, through, through this means and other stuff that, that we have done. And we've, we've been in our community for, what, uh, 50, 55 years? 55 and counting. Right, right, yep. and counting. <laughs> so, we, we're, you know, we're a staple in our community. So, obviously, we've um, done a lot with expansion of services and everything. But why is it important that they need to know that we also have this role? So, even though the state's coming into the session with the funding surplus, there's a lot of other priorities that they might have. Uh, so it's important for us to keep the our legislators aware that you know we're still here we still provide services we still need the support from the legislators to continue providing these services mm -hmm. so it's important for the community to know that we're the advocates for them at the state legislature okay and how can our community capitalize on that can they reach out to us uh we have our panac board uh i mean what are different ways that our, our average uh joe out there so to speak that that might have a stake in mental health or, or IDD that, you know, they may come to us with ideas on this is a way to improve services in our area. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're always looking for, for persons who are directly affected by by the by state programming and state funding to be advocates for themselves and for, and, and for their communities. So if you if you want to learn more about our priorities, you can get online and look at look at our legislative priorities. You can contact us to serve on a committee or just to have a discussion about what the needs are for, for folks with with mental illness, with a developmental disability. And 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 we're always looking for folks to go to Austin and tell their story. So okay. we're always looking for for fellow team members in the okay. cause. So not only do we have that collaboration, obviously, with our lawmakers, with, with other agencies in the community, but with residents themselves. Absolutely. That's the important part. Okay. Um, you talked about our, our legislative priorities, because it's, it's in full swing, right? It started January, so we're a little ways into it, right? Almost a month. Okay, yeah, almost a month. So we have those um, legislative priorities on our website. Um, and, and why do you think it would be important for, for them to go and check that out? Well, uh, again, we want people to know what's at stake. Okay. And, and, and it, there's very important programs that are, that are at stake. And, and one of the, if you look at our priorities, we're always talking about funding. And you know, when you hear from Washington or from Austin and you're talking about budget, you're always talking about program cuts. And, and that's what we want to vote. We want to make sure that we come out of the session in, when is it, May, that it all, it all ends, mm -hmm. that we come out with zero cuts to any of our programs. Okay. We're also looking at protecting some specialized programs for, for, for populations that are especially at risk. Uh, veterans, we have some specialized funding for veterans we want to protect. Okay. So again, children, families, we, we're, we've been able to grow some, some children's programming where we now have clinics in schools across yes. the school districts. We want to protect that funding. Uh, again, uh, folks who are homeless or unhoused, individuals in jail who have a mental illness who shouldn't be there and are, are in jail because of their mental illness and no other reason. We are trying to address all those, all those, all those issues and want to make sure that we have the, the resources to do just that. Okay, and this is a, a question that, sorry, came off, off of listening to your answer. So how, um, and I don't know if the percentage is the right way to ask the question, but how, how, what's the percentage of our services that are really reliant on these, this funding from the state? Is oh, it I a see. good portion of it? Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that if you look at emergencies uh, operating budget for uh, any given fiscal year, say half of our operating budget comes from state funding that is being discussed as we speak okay. in Austin. 
So, so that that's that's right there on why this is so important that yes, we have that absolutely. voice. Yes, absolutely. The rest comes from federal funding or other sources, but state funding is key for what we do for, for individuals with mental illness. Okay. And speaking of that, that, that's a great transition into our annual report that we just released. And those numbers are on that annual report, right? Correct. So what's in our annual report and why would it be beneficial for our listeners and viewers to check it out? Sure. So as you said, it's hot off the presses. Right? We're excited <laughs> that uh, our annual report is electronic. It's on our website. Um and and you can click on the report. You can you can it gives you a really nice look back as our, our accomplishments and what we were able to do for our community this past year. And it gives you the demographics and mm-hmm. and and it tells you you know all the all the stuff accountants want to know, right? You know revenues and expenditures. But but more importantly, it it shows you who we care for. How many how many kids? How many how many uh, individuals? who are in, in jails mm-hmm. n- n- who don't need to be because of their mental illness. All that is broken down in the report. I think it's nice to look at. And we've got some great pictures, some great stories to tell, some great videos. So please get on. Yeah, and it talks about some of the programs you had mentioned, like our school-based programs. That was initi- initiated in 2022. So it takes a look back at throughout the year, all the different services and programs that were added that are beneficial to our community. And like you said, um, demographics, revenue, look at, at, at what we're all about. All right. Well, anything else that we missed that you guys want to make sure that, that we get out there um, in regards to this particular topic or EHN as a whole? Um, I would just like to say that um, if there are any issues even not pertaining to behavioral health, make sure to reach out to the legislators. Okay. A lot of people don't realize that the state has a lot of input as to how our community works okay. and a lot of people don't even really know their state representatives so just getting informed as to how the legislature works is really really important. Is really important yeah. for for them to make sure their voices are yeah that's a great point and also if you want to find out more about emergence getting back get on our website again if you know anyone who needs help who's struggling with a behavioral health issue we are here to help in more ways than one you can access in several different ways we've got our, our hotlines 988 we're now answering calls through to the new National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 988, and any other way. There's several ways to get a hold of us, so get on our website and, 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 and it's access the services that you or your family need. Okay, and speaking of the website, again, it's emergencehealthnetwork.org. Find all this information there and the legislative priorities that you guys were just talking about. Well, thank you guys, and thank you uh, for being with us uh, for this episode. We're going to see you next time. We are Emergence Health Network, caring for our community for more than 55 years. Our mental health professionals provide trauma-informed care through our 24-hour crisis services, children and adult outpatient clinics, substance use treatment programs, assistance for our military, and programs to help individuals with developmental disabilities. Through community collaborations, we have also worked to expand behavioral health access in our schools and on our streets. At EHN, we are committed to your mental well-being. This is us working for you. Thank you for letting us be mindful of your health. Brought to you by Emergence Health Network. We'll see you next time. The preceding program was a paid commercial, which has been paid for by the advertiser, whose products and or services are featured in this program.